Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to Eat, Pray, Love on Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM every Saturday and Sunday of course in your company. Well, mashallah, I need to say once again, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, uh, Sidi Faiz Lurika. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Taslima, really wonderful to be back here again, thank you. Alhamdulillah. Well, Faisal, you know it's tradition on Eat, Pray, Love that we always get to know our guests a little bit. And so I'm going to go against your wishes and I'm going to ask because um, Faisal Roika is the chairperson of Masjid Al-Quds, but he's come here under a different banner. Um, he is one of the coordinators for the um, launch of the Nonviolence and Peace um, Studies um, event that is happening on Wednesday. So you're representing the Medina Institute, of course, today. That's correct, Aslima. Today uh, I'm wearing my Medina hat and Alhamdulillah, really wonderful to be part of this initiative that's taking place this coming Wednesday. But alhamdulillah, you know, it's an, it's an area that we do for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And it's something that we need to start speaking about mm. as far as the event is concerned, the concept of having a peace symposium. We see that throughout the world, Islam and the name of Islam is being tainted by a few people that literally is dragging the name of Islam through the mud. And we know that Islam has come as a dean which provides hope, growth and opportunity to everybody. So much so that it provides those facilities and those opportunities not only to believers but to non-believers as well. We know that the dean has come as a dean of love and uh, if you don't have love in your dean, you have no dean. We also know that the dean has come as a dean of tolerance and in the seerah of Rasulullah we know that we can use the term extreme tolerance. So here we have extreme being used in the form of tolerance but not in the form of violence. We can think of so many cases where Rasulullah used tolerance as a method to bring about a huge solution to a huge problem. When I think often I think about what happened in Taif when the people of Taif stoned Rasulullah after the Rasul brought the message to them and they rejected the message and in that situation so much so that some narrators say that Rasulullah's shoes was dripping with blood. And in a case where you and I would have been outraged at people that does that to us, the Prophet then used that opportunity to exercise extreme tolerance and in fact made a dua for the people of Taif that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them Hidayah one day. And we see now 14 centuries later that some of the best scholars come out of Taif. So it's a case where Jibreel came and said, Ya Rasulullah, shall I destroy these people? And you know, Probably you and I would have said yes after what has happened. But again, it was a lesson for the Ummah that tolerance and being there for somebody when they don't understand you is more important than using violence. And so the Peace Symposium is a concept that we've now decided to talk about where we should be speaking to the Ummah here from the tip of Africa. We know that unfortunately in many parts of the world, the, the Deen of Islam is going through a very, very difficult time. And unfortunately, it's a small group of individuals that through extreme means is causing so much strife throughout the Islamic world. We know that there are third forces involved and politics involved as well, in that we have people that come to stir the pot and then walk away 
and then Muslims, we then fight with each other. We, alhamdulillah, here in the Cape have had a period of almost 20 years of religious peace and tolerance because we've come out of a period of apartheid where we know that 90% of the population of this country lived through very, very difficult times and violent times and strife and oppression. But alhamdulillah, over the last 20 years, we've been able to practice our deen and we've been able to live harmoniously with the rest of the peoples of South Africa, whether they are believers or non-believers, Christian, Muslim, Hindu, atheist. We've embraced the concept of tolerance here in the Cape. And the time has come for us not to take that for granted, but for us to nurture that concept and to teach our young people that the middle path is the way and extremism has no place in Islam. Indeed. Well, Sidi Faisal, you've grown up in Cape Town. You're originally Cape Townian, am I right? And you, um, Marshall, I know you look very young, but you've you obviously come from, you've experienced apartheid and you've experienced the transition of South Africa from an apartheid state to a democracy. And at that time, I think during the struggle, our community was mobilized into aggressively fighting the apartheid regime. And once we had entered the democracy, we obviously were not, um, uh, we were not mobilized into removing ourselves from aggression. Mm. Now, you were daddy, you were daddy, right? And you obviously have kids and you are involved in the community. In terms of this, this actual launch of um, nonviolence and peace studies, do you think it only talks um, about Islam and wanting to correct how it's seen? Or is it a platform for our community to actually come and come along with non-Muslims as well? to see how to remove aggression even from our own community. Absolutely. I think the message of Islam is a message that's meant for all mankind. And that the peace that Islam brings along is a message for everybody, believer or non-believer. And it's important that we embrace that concept because the seerah is filled with many, many examples where Rasulullah had an opportunity to either take revenge on a people or to grant them forgiveness and to allow them to live in harmony with each other. Again, I think offhand when Rasulullah entered Makkah, in a way where absolute no violence was then needed to conquer Makkah, in a peaceful manner, in a manner where just their presence was enough to change the hearts of the people that were there. And when Rasulullah then had the opportunity to punish those who have been oppressive to him and the Sahaba for so many years, again Rasulullah opted for a peaceful transition and forgave all of those people and told them that you can live here under the banner of Islam. And, and again, we want to take these messages, the many, many examples that are there in Islam, that no matter what the circumstances are, that Islam has so many opportunities for us to solve our problems in a peaceful and in a non-violent fashion, no matter what the circumstances are, that in only extreme, unusual circumstances, will violence be taken up. But those circumstances really should be so extreme that it should never even be an option. That there could be ways and means that things can be brought about to change. And we really want to express that to our peoples here in South Africa. That Alhamdulillah we've been able to live in the same neighborhood with Christian people. 
in the same neighborhood with Jewish people. We work with people of other faiths. We interact with them on a daily basis. And it's something that the rest of the world sometimes really battle to do, that they really can't understand how is it that here on the tip of Africa, even after apartheid, we are able to do this. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we ourselves don't realize what a gift we have from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that this concept that we have here of acceptance and tolerance is something that we now need to export to the rest of the world. So, mashallah, this is an absolutely exciting event. And, of course, it's happening on this Wednesday. You want to tell us about uh, what has actually brought it about? So, inshallah, this Wednesday, the Peace Symposium will then take place at the Century City Conference Center. It's the brand new Century City Conference Center. Mm-hmm. We are expecting approximately 1,000 to 1,300 guests on on the evening. The event is an open event for the general public. So you don't need a ticket or you don't need to register really, or you don't need to be invited. You, it's an open invitation to the public to come along and listen to the various speakers that will be speaking on the event. It will take place this Wednesday at 7.30, and inshallah we will start sharply at about 8 o'clock. Some of the speakers that we are expecting at the event is the Honorable Sheikh Mohammed bin Yahya al Ninawi, who will be landing in South Africa next week. We'll also then have Molana Ihsan Hendricks that will be talking to us, and we have Brother Ibrahim Rasul that will also be talking to us. Some of the uh, topics that they'll be tackling and some of the events that they'll be speaking about is religious radicalization and violent extremism, defying extremism, advancing peace through strategic non-violent action. And one of the other topics that we'll be talking about is non-violence and Islam, refuting their theological foundations of extremism, that extremism has no place in Islam. That the message that Rasulullah brought to us is absolutely clear that we are a people of the middle road and not a violent people. And we say that not in our name will we be labeled as terrorists and people of extreme paths as far as Muslims is concerned. Because there are parts of the world where we are so badly labeled that people are afraid to interact with you. Mm. I mean, we know that one of the presidential candidates right now is uh, propagating the message that he does not want Muslims to enter his country. Mm. And uh, such an ignorant statement to be made that it, it gives you an idea of the, the little understanding that people have of Islam throughout the world in non, non-Muslim environments. And of course, I think it's by time that we actually speak up. Well, looking at the actual event, I've, I've heard what, um, what topics you'd be um, looking at. What is the actual aim? of this whole event because obviously the night brings and invites everybody along and we always know that when we sit in the company of our learned that we take home a message and we obviously become an ambassador of that event but following this actual launch because if we look at 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 the view of islam globally it's going to take a lot more work than actually calling everyone together this is the first step but what would be the steps that follow? Well, the, the event basically will be launching the Center for Nonviolence and Peace Studies at Medina Institute. Mm-hmm. And as you know that at the Institute, we have young people coming to do a one-year Usuludil course. They study the Dean, an intensive one-year Dean course. But the idea here is to ground them with a strong foundation 
so that when they do go out into their academic careers and into their further study careers, that they have a thorough grasping of what Islam and the message of Islam is there for. So that when they go and mix and mingle with younger people in their age groups, that the message that is currently being portrayed worldwide by the propaganda machines is uh, brought into question that as young ambassadors we want to send people out into the world that can explain to those who don't understand Islam uh, that really Islam is an absolutely peaceful, loving religion for all peoples, for all of the creation. And you know that <coughs> that concept and that work is an ongoing work. It's not something, like you said, that starts and ends with a symposium, but it's the start from this part of the world. Mm. Alhamdulillah, we have many peace symposiums that have been taking place throughout the world. And this is something on a large scale that we want to do here from the tip of Africa and from Cape Town in particular. And we're really pleased to know that it's coming from Cape Town itself and from the peoples of Cape Town. Um, and that this message should be then exported via our young people, our students, our scholars, those that are on campus, and those that will be doing the, uh, the, the cause uh, of nonviolence and peace studies. So that is absolutely wonderful. So I'm actually understanding that it is now part of a curriculum. That's is correct. it going to be part of the Medina Institute curriculum? It's part of the Medina Institute curriculum. It will then also then hopefully as we progress with that curriculum um, be a two or three or four year course where mm -hmm. you can specialize specifically in that field. We're talking about young people that might want to do politics as a career. They might want to get into conflict resolution as a career. And this is something fundamental for them to know. Mm -hmm. um, we might have people that want to work in other parts of the world and they might come across instances where they are faced with situations where they need to draw on their experiences that they've learned from this cause. And so really it's almost thinking a bit more long term that as a young person you should be equipped. Unfortunately now at this stage in our Islam you should be equipped with a cause that will teach you how to handle certain situations when you are out in the real world, especially when it comes to conflicting regions of the Islamic world. And of course, this would be with reference, um, of course, to Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the Sunnah practices. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, you know, there are so many, many instances where Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam chose an extreme form of tolerance to bring about a peaceful message and solution to a huge problem. Mm -hmm. And that message is not being brought forth enough over the last few years. We see that when conflict occurs throughout the world, that the entire Ummah is then labeled as terrorists, that the entire Ummah is then labeled as a violent people, and that the entire Ummah is painted with one brush. But we know that extremism has no place in Islam and that extremists are an absolute insignificant percentage of what the Ummah is. And so we want to change that message now, because if we leave it unchecked, unfortunately the generations to come behind us will suffer the brunt of that reputation. Siri Faisal, now you obviously work a lot in the community. Besides that, you are also a professional, so you do get to interact with non-Muslims as well. In your experience now, removing the cap as a representative mm -hmm. of Medina or Masjid al-Quds. Just in your own experience, do you feel that in Cape Town itself there is a great need? 
Alhamdulillah, I think there's a still a huge need for us to do as much da'wah work as we can. And da'wah work does not mean that you have to don your hat and go out and do the work out there. Mm. It means that, you know, everyday people that you interact with, mm-hmm. whether it's somebody whose eyes you are testing, whether it's a patient of yours, whether it's a colleague at work, all it takes is a few minutes to explain what your dean is about. And especially when it comes to explaining your dean to those who are believers, people of the book, you know, we have more in common with them than what we have out of common. And really that's the foundation to work from. Often I will explain to our Christian brothers and sisters that, you know, we have only one chapter in the Quran named after a woman. And when they find out who the woman is, and I tell her it's our mother Mary, it's almost as if they are blown away. How can Mother Mary be in your Quran? Mm. And so, you know, that's where the conversation starts. And so, the more you talk about Islam to them, and the more they realize, but you know, what you're telling me is in the Bible, and most of it, what you're telling me is stuff that we believe. But I said, we believe in all of the prophets, just as you do. We believe in our Mother Mary, just like you do. We believe in our Prophet Isa, and I refer to them and I speak to them as our Prophet Jesus. And if we don't believe in Prophet Jesus, then you are not a Muslim. And then they are shocked to hear things like that. So because we have so much in common with people of the book, that's a foundation that we need to work from, Mm -hmm. as opposed to working from where we separate as Christians and Muslims. And that conversation can occur at a later stage, but it's important to always talk about the things you have in common first, so that bonding and trust can be a foundation that you can then have more serious discussions from. We're going to go in for a quick ad break, and inshallah when we come back, we'll get to hear more of the Peace Symposium. Eat, pray, love with Taslima Ali. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to Eat, Pray, Love on Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. And if you've just joined us, we're extending the invitation to the launch of the Center for Nonviolence and Peace Studies in conjunction with the University of Pretoria and the Medina Institute South Africa, happening on Wednesday, the 24th of August 2016 at 7.30 p.m. at the Century City Convention Center. And joining us in studio is Siri Faisal. So Faisal, during the break, we're obviously talking about this entire concept of nonviolence and peace. And um, I was saying, you know, it's something that needs to, it needs to do go to the level of every person. Because there was an, there's an old Chinese, um, there's an old Chinese saying that I heard once at, at Parliament. And it says, if a man is at peace with himself... He will be at peace with his family. And if he's at peace with his family, he'd be at peace with his neighbor. And if neighbors are at peace with each other, you'd have peaceful communities. And then it extends itself into peaceful countries. So how much of this of this actual peace um, uh, symposium perhaps borrows itself to something like that? Tastima, I think that when the cause eventually develops and grows into an in-depth um, analysis of what Nonviolence really means mm-hmm. it's a concept that can touch the individual on every level and like you said you know if the family is at peace with itself mm-hmm. and if the husband is at peace with his family mm-hmm. if he understands his deen absolutely and correctly that he will understand that the concept of violence within the family parameters does not exist mm-hmm. 
that Islam in itself has come with so many rules just for that specific environment. Yes. Peace in the home, how to settle your grievances and how to settle your differences within the home. Unfortunately, we live in a society where we have lots of difficulties and violence being perpetrated against women and children in our country. And these are not only things that are being perpetrated by those who don't understand the religion or don't understand the deen, but it's by those who also understand the deen, unfortunately. And so the cause itself will tackle aspects of the individual's life on many, many levels. Mm. But you're absolutely right in saying that when we then have a young person graduating from a course like this, that he should be equipped to be able to apply the knowledge that he's acquired to himself as a family person, and him or herself as a husband and a wife, and then him and herself as a parent of other kids, and then imparting that knowledge to the greater community, how he would then interact with his colleagues and his friends and his family. And eventually, like you said, if we can all understand what the Dean has brought to us, uh, that the middle path is the safest path for us to take. And the Rasulullah has given us so many opportunities to study that middle path very carefully because our deen gives us enough information to apply to almost every aspect of our existence. Um, Siri Faisal, I think it's also a perfect time to actually look at something because I think lots of people, we tend to generalize sometimes that there's just this whole concept that uh, Muslims are terrorists, mm. right? And so recently at Masjid Al-Quds, you had the, um, you had the, during Ramadan, the event where you had the priest and every, the interfaith program. That's correct, yes. I couldn't find the word. That's correct. <laughs> but you had the interfaith program. In your experience, I mean, that being your second, second interfaith program. That's correct, yes. How was how how did it feel with that? Because I would think that an event of this nature would appeal to all. Absolutely, the invitation has gone out to people of other faiths as well, mm-hmm. and really we've been blessed here in Cape Town, specifically Cape Town, that we are such an extremely tolerant people, mm-hmm. and that's. Partly because we were forced to live together during the apartheid years, where we were forced to live together as Muslim and Christian. Mm-hmm. Our Jewish uh, brothers were on the other side of the mountain and they were left there. But <laughs> we were forced to live together, but we worked with them. Okay, and some of us worked for them. Yeah. And now some of them are colleagues. But with, even with the big differences that we have around certain topics, and Palestine being the major one really, that we were able to talk about it and we were able to interact about it and we were able to live with each other knowing that we have such serious differences. And that's because we were taught that under no circumstances will violence be an option when it comes to religious differences. Um, We know that during the apartheid years, unfortunately, the extreme violence that was used by a minority against a majority has set that majority back many, many years as far as their development is concerned. But can you just picture if that apartheid era did not take place and that every individual was afforded the ability to develop and grow where South Africa would be today almost uh, 300 years later? Subhanallah. I just want to make one correction, though, because we have people like um, like Comrade Johnny Delanga 
mm. has done really good work for us. No, no, absolutely. I mean, we're generalizing. From you Palestine, know? but every, definitely. Every, uh, and I'm hoping to see those familiar faces at this actual event. Yes, absolutely. We've sent out invitations to so a huge So it's gone to government, it's gone to the private sector. It's, and gone, it's gone to gone the private to sector, it's gone to the public sector, it's gone to every home today. Thank you for the opportunity for giving us a chance to speak to our listeners. We really wish and we want everybody that has listened to this interview to attend the symposium. Mm -hmm. It's an opportunity for us to also equip ourselves with certain tools that we could use in our very home, but tools that we can use in our workplace. And when we start speaking to other peoples of other faiths, um, and other uh, cultures uh, that we can really start to share and understand our differences and see it as something, as a bond as opposed to something that separates us. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that we've been created of different people so that we can get to know each other, not fight each other. Unfortunately, throughout certain parts of the world, people who don't know each other end up fighting with each other. So, Faisal, I'm going to ask you something hard there because you serve as the chair of Masjid al which is one of the biggest masjids in Cape Town. And um, there was something that, that, that Hafiz Mahmoud noted the other day, which was that it really stood out for me. And I st I've stayed in Johannesburg before where I find a Muslim on Muslim in-house fighting is just so much more visible and stronger and vocal. Where I think in Cape Town, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, there is a greater tolerance towards mm. uh, the diversity that we may have here. As the chair of a masjid, having to see so many people coming in from different schools under one roof, is there a greater tolerance in Cape Town? Absolutely. I think Cape Town has always been unique in its approach. To when it comes to dealing with peoples of different backgrounds and of different faiths. Um, Alhamdulillah, throughout South Africa, we've been able to get that right. But in Cape Town specifically, most of us grew up having Christian neighbors. Mm -hmm. Most of us grew up with the church bells ringing just a few blocks away. And I'm sure many of us are going to say, most of us have grown up hearing the Adhan five times a day. Most of the Christians have grown up with the Adhan right yeah. around the corner from them. Indeed. And there was always this concept of never shall we fight each other because your faith is different to mine. And it never ever crossed our minds that in Cape Town that we cannot have a Haddad because our Christian neighbor does not want to, to take place. Or the Christian neighbor can't have a prayer meeting because the Muslim neighbor does not feel comfortable with that. It's a strange concept. We are not used to that type of thinking. But we don't realize actually how how well it has actually mixed and, and been. Until I was recently um, a friend of mine who's, who's Christian, her father was murdered and it was on a Jummah. And she actually said to me, do you know, and he was, and he died on Juma'a. And I'm like, I just, I kept quiet, but it made me actually think that you don't realize how much of what's good for you and sacred for you is actually taken by your neighbor. Yes, so and, so, and so this concept of acceptance and tolerance, mm -hmm. we've almost taken for granted here in the Cape. Uh, but you know, we have so many examples over the last few decades when absolutely peaceful, loving group of people was turned on its back almost within a few months. I mean, if I think about when we were in our teens or maybe in the early 20s, when we came across the concept of the Bosnian War. These were European people. 
These were people with blue eyes and blonde hair who lived with other European people. And their only sin was is that they proclaimed the Kalima. Mm -hmm. And for proclaiming the Kalima, they were absolutely slaughtered. And they were an absolutely peaceful, loving people that interacted with their neighbors and with their family and with their society of different cultures. And it took a spark to turn an absolute country upside down. That was 20 years ago. We know about the atrocities of the Bosnian War. Very recently, we've seen so many examples. We're talking about Afghanistan. We talk about Libya. We're talking about countries. But the most sad experience recently that happened under our noses right now is the case of Syria. The Syrian people were a people that came from different cultural backgrounds. Alhamdulillah, most of them were Muslims, but they had different cultural backgrounds. And they were allowed to express that with other people. A few years ago, somebody then decided to come in and plant a seed of violence. And once that seed was planted and the people weren't equipped to handle that violent seed, the seed quickly grew into a plant and into a huge tree. Unfortunately, the Syrian example is a case where we find people being slaughtered because radicalization has set in and people have forgotten how to speak to each other and solve their problems. Um, even when it comes to tyrants, you know, when we have dictators and tyrants ruling countries, we, we find that when it turns to violence, that the end result is the Syrian conflict that we see right now, where third forces and third parties then come in and just really take advantage of the opportunity, and you have the situation that is now what Syria is. And of course, as we know, um, though Sheikh Nenewi is based in the USA, he's originally from Syria. And then you have um, Sheikh um, Hakim, that is, uh, is he going to be addressing everyone? Because he's recently just moved here with his family, having been displaced from yes, Syria. In fact, Sheikh Hakim has had a pre-launch uh, dinner with uh, many of the Shiites just recently, a couple of days ago, where he explained to us that, you know, they were a people with different ideologies. Mm. But at no point in time were they ever intolerant of each other until certain beliefs and ideologies crept into their society that labeled each other kafir for doing this and for doing that. And once that seed was planted, it turned to violence and we see what's going on now. And then, you know, we have the third forces that easily creeps into a situation and makes a bad situation even worse. And inshallah, we pray for the people of Syria that inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them resolution to this really difficult time that they are going through so that they can return back to a peaceful people, inshallah. Inshallah. So, um, Siri Faisal, we obviously just have a few more minutes to wrap up. Who is this Peace Symposium for? Okay, so the Peace Symposium is for everybody out there. It's a public invitation. It's a free invitation. You arrive at the venue, which is the Century City Convention Center. The program will start at 7.30. It is this coming Wednesday, Wednesday, the 24th of August, 2016. We really want people to come. We want scholars to come, those who are studying the dean. We want teachers to come so that they can take the message back to their students. We want uh, students to come so that they can start thinking in a way that we need them to now start understanding what's happening worldwide. And we really want moms and dads to come so that they can start spreading this message to their children and apply the concept of 
a peaceful people and it starts from the home really and then spreads from there. And the thing is of course that we need to empower ourselves with proper knowledge so that when we are faced with those challenges where somebody says but your religion is a terrorist religion to have proper knowledge of, of what Islam actually says. Absolutely and alhamdulillah you know I'm confident that many people out there have the knowledge we just need to be taught how to relate that knowledge to people that question our deen and, and try to place us in a box of extremism, which we are not. Indeed. So let's give them the details. So once again, it's this coming Wednesday, Wednesday the 24th of August. The time is 7.30. It's at the Century City Convention Center. So for those of you that don't know where that is, it's just behind the Virgin Active Gym. Um, opposite the SMG BMW, the new section that was built up. So you'll find the new convention center there. Parking will be in the convention center itself. If you're coming through with your motor vehicles, you park in the uh, parking lot of the convention center. And inshallah, we hope to start at exactly 8 p.m. Inshallah. And if anybody is wanting more information, you can call 021-421-9027. That is 021 421-9027 you can also um, I see there's a registration but is there going to be registration on the actual day on the actual day there'll be no registration as soon as people come in we'll get them seated we might pass around a form for them to fill in so that we can have the details but otherwise the idea is to come in find your seat those who come early will get the best seats in the house and uh, we're expecting inshallah to fill the auditorium with a thousand plus people inshallah Inshallah. Well, Siri Faisalan, it is a shukran for joining us on Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. It has been a definite insight and I think many of us will definitely be attending on Wednesday. I know VOC will be there as well. Any last few words from yourself? just want to say thank you very much to Taslima and to VOC for giving us this opportunity to be here today. And inshallah, I'm sure that the message that we want to put out there is a message that will be benefiting the Ummah.